Alrighty, everybody. Good Tuesday afternoon. Week six in the books. Week seven on the way. I got to say, was uh, one of the more frustrating fantasy weekends that I've had in a long time this weekend. A couple of things that I talked about came to fruition, but a lot of bad coaching decisions, injuries, bad football, a lot of stuff going on out there. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough week. I mean, I have a, a lot of equity on Raheem Mostert, so that injury was... Um, was uh, was was difficult uh, this week, uh, and we'll see we'll see how that plays out, how long he's going to be out for. But yeah, it's like uh, it's like Survivor uh, almost. Uh, you know, you know, everyone's losing key players. Some guys may be coming back. We'll see how that goes. But uh, what did you make of the uh, <laughs> the two games yesterday? Um, you know, when Kansas City plays and you see them win a game like that it just shows why they're they're a championship team i mean they kind of played the game the way the bills wanted the game to be played and they were able to beat them at their own game and i think you know i talked about how the bills really needed to play a tough physical game but man kansas city was way more physical than buffalo was i mean they were just ramming it down their throat i had predicted that Clyde Edwards Atlanta would have his best game. Um, I think this the bell signing has lit a fire, and man, that offensive line of Kansas City just dominated. I mean, the the Chiefs were lucky if they got the ball twice every quarter. I mean, with the time and possession they were using, and then Buffalo seemed to convert a lot of third downs. And uh, I don't know. I was impressed that the Chiefs won that type of game, but I don't know what you think about. Josh Allen after six weeks. Do you think he's the player that resembles resembles the player of the first four weeks, more like the last two weeks, or what I think is is somewhere in between? But I think the talk of him being MVP is kind of quieted down a little bit. Yeah, well, it should quiet down. I think I, I think a lot of it is probably uh, feeds into who he's playing against in, in terms of uh, opponent, because I think against a lesser uh, opponent. Uh, Josh Allen will succeed and against teams with stronger defenses and better coaching you're able to frustrate the player a little, little bit more and I think that will become a bigger challenge for him from a fantasy perspective so I actually don't think he's an automatic rollout depending on the matchup you would have thought in a, in a matchup like that now granted there were wet conditions as well but in a matchup like that you figure it would be a little bit more of an up and down game and, and I know there's a lot of people hanging their hat on Josh Allen is as a number one, so you know there has to be a little bit of concern around that kind of sentiment, especially after the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think Kansas City did to the Bills what teams have been doing to Kansas City, and I think it's a, it's a great strategy, right? You take away the deep passing game, don't let them hit Brown or. Uh, Gabriel or certainly Diggs, and they threw a bunch of them for those deep pass, uh, and you know those deep touchdown passes, which they were able to you know uh, easily complete the first four weeks, and then make him kind of throw the ball in those ten to fifteen yard passes. He's not accurate, and make them you know move up and down the field that way. And uh, 
it seems like, I don't know, I think that was a pretty good strategy, and Josh Allen is going to have to be more accurate with his passes because I think teams are going to take that approach saying, okay, if you could drive 70, 75 yards down the field on us with 8, 12, 15-yard passes over and over again, okay, we'll tip, you, we'll tip our hat to you, but um, I think that's probably the, the way that teams are going to defend the Bills from now on. Yeah, it could very well be. And I think the Bills also, I, I think they've struggled a little bit. That running game is, has definitely struggled at times. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel it's where it is. I know Zach Moss has been injured a bit, but there's not the consistency there. There's not consistency on defense. But as you said, this game was definitely played kind of the way the Bills wanted to play it. Chiefs come away with a victory. And, you know, they didn't really have to show off and, or, or showcase things, you know, in terms of their offense. They really played a very, very different ball game as a result. Definitely. And uh, moving on to the, the, the regularly scheduled Monday night game, I'll tell you, I didn't have a good feel for the game. I mean, but I never would have thought in a million years that Arizona would be able to go in there and out-physical the Cowboys, play a physically dominating game, completely stifle them. It was an Arizona team that's, you know, you just – have this pre- preconceived notion that they're finesse and they're going to be playing this type of game. And they were just so much more physical than, than, than the Cowboys. And I got to tell you something, Kyle Murray, I know the final score was a blowout. He, he was not accurate in that game at all. I mean, he missed some easy throws. Uh, one to Fitzgerald at the end of the game, the end zone, a few to Hopkins that, that he was wide open. He wasn't on his A game at all. Uh, his running is always going to be so dangerous. But what did you make of the way Arizona just went in there and physically, physically manhandled the Cowboys? Yeah, I, I liked Arizona in this game, and, 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 and though I did not think that it would be such a blowout, there, there is a lot of noise coming out of Dallas this morning. Uh, Jane Slater, who spends a lot of time with the NFL Network, spends a lot of time with this team, and there seems to be some rumblings, and, and this will be an interesting thing to watch about this coaching staff not being prepared, not being ready for football in this era, and <laughs> Jerry Jones might have a little bit of a problem on, on his hands once again, so that came out a little while ago. So I'll have to watch that situation. You know, already they've lost Dak Prescott. The Andy Andy Dalton was definitely struggling big time in this ball game. Really couldn't get anything down the field whatsoever. And as you mentioned, even with Chandler Jones out out for the season for Arizona, Vance Joseph's defense just kind of ran the show here. And I, I know Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's in a fog right now. He just doesn't look right. The offensive line is battered. Dallas looks like they've got some serious problems in a, in a in a division which is just already so maligned, uh, and we'll talk about shortly. But wow, um, yeah, they just got beat the heck yeah, out I of. Mean, I know you were electrified at the McCarthy signing, and you know, I, I you know, I know where you were coming from. You just thought he'd come over there and like. You know, uh, the, the the coaching over there kind of had had you know it's run its system, and it was time for to make a change. But you know, the rumor swirling about McCarthy is that he was running 1980s offense in the 21st century. And um, yeah, but to be fair, and, the, to be fair, the Cowboy offense the first four weeks of the year was throwing oh, the yeah, ball all they, over they, the lot. But that's true. That's true. Their offensive numbers, but those are like. 
a lot of garbage yards. And I know they came back and they won a couple of games that they really shouldn't have won. But, you know, they, it just seems like their their offense to me is is predictable. Like I just think you could defend them. Like they just line the guys up. Amari Cooper is pinned against that right sideline. Michael Gallup is pinned against the left sideline. They got uh, CD Lamb, you know, running in the, in the middle of the field, and and uh, and 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 he's a really really good good player and he's going to still put up good numbers with Dalton like I was saying but I don't know you know talking to and listening to the some of the things that Arizona was saying after the game they were kind of saying you know we kind of know the plays that Dallas was running and uh, you know that's why they seem like all over them but we'll have to see that NFC East is something to behold I mean I just cannot remember a division like that in a in a long time, but we'll, we'll get to that with the next one. But right now, I guess we're gonna we're gonna go over the AFC, right? Yeah, we'll go over the AFC East, and um, why, don't, why don't you start us off in the AFC East? Uh, we got some news this morning out of Adam Schefter, so I think it's interesting timing. I'm actually a little bit astonished at it, uh, especially given kind of where the Dolphins are sitting here right now. So I'll let you start off, and then uh, we'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of run through the rest of the teams. Yeah, we'll go over the uh, we'll, we'll we'll go over the AFC. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 all I'm all in on Miami. I I love the way they've been playing. I love the way their defense has been playing. Uh, Gaskin has been really running well. I think they kind of have this now down. Gaskin and Brita combination. That's that that's pretty good. I know Parker got banged up again, but their team is playing well. They're three and three. A game out of first place. Um, they played Buffalo well. They easily and probably could have won that game and should have won that game against the Bills. The timing of this is odd. I don't know. It kind of looks like maybe they were saying this is at the point where we were going to make this switch. I don't know if the Dolphins expected themselves to be one game out of the out of first place when they made this switch. But I, I, I love Tua. I think he's going to be a good young player in this league. I'm not sure how long it's going to take them to get that going, but I think it's it's a little bit of a, of a strange move considering that Miami seems to be so fired up behind Fitzpatrick, and uh, it, it's strange. We'll see how that plays out. We, we talked about the Bills. There's nothing really much to add there. Um, I don't even think they know what they're doing between Singletary and Moss, how they want that to work. It, it just uh, doesn't seem to be any structure with that. Um, they're going to go with the hot hand, but they never really established a run to decide who has the hot hand. They're not using Moss in the right way because he's not the type of guy that can sprinkle in six, eight, ten carries. He's a he's a strong running back who can get better if you give him a lot of carries and he can wear down defenses, but they're not sure what they're doing with that, and uh, I think it's at the detriment of both players. Uh, as far as the Patriots go, I mean... I was dubious about how this season was going to go for Julian Edelman. And on Sunday, Julian Edelman had more yards passing than receiving, believe it or not. Um, I mean, with the exception of maybe uh, James White, Harris, um, I, I, I think I think all Patriots starters need to be benched. Um, and then I'm not even going to 
talk about the Jets. There's nothing to say. I mean, you know, we've gone over this before. Crowder is the only guy who gets volume. Everyone else is, is a complete waste of time. Um, I know they, they, they're sticking with Gore and they're sprinkling a few other guys in, but as far as the, the Patriots and Jets combined, they may have two or three combined players on both teams. They you would start. Everyone else is, is a complete bench or reserve player as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a huge concern. I, I think you can have confidence in James White. You know, you know uh, uh, Newton was very accustomed to dumping down to uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, when he was quarterback in, in Carolina. And, and James White uh, w- was really the guy that was able to be showcased in that fashion on Sunday. But the rest of the receiving core and, and Cam himself coming back from COVID, it didn't look right on, on, on any level for them. The defense played well in this game, but, you know, Denver's not exactly a high-powered def- uh, offense. Uh, but there are definite concerns with I, – I have zero confidence – as you said, in most every player on, on either of these teams as well. I, I think we're going to see more and more of LaMichael Perrine. We got a glimpse of that uh, this past week, but I think we'll see more and more of it. So I think that's something that we kind of want to pay attention to for sure. Uh, not that you're going to get amazing uh, production, but I think if he starts getting you know more between 15 and 20 than 5 to 10 touches, it could make some impact. And I think he's probably sitting out there on a lot of waiver wires. So... That's what I would say on the Jets. Um, as you mentioned, we talked a lot about the Bills. And, and Miami, I'm completely against this move by the Dolphins right now. Completely against it because I think, I think in the AFC, which is, you know, a, a conference that, you know, there are teams that are, that are very questionable that have gotten off to good starts. I think Miami is definitely in the mix for a playoff spot this year. And the team has responded very well to Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and, and his leadership. So going to Tua at this point in time seems very odd to me. Uh, I, I'm against it. I know they're going to a bye week. You know, maybe the rumors actually isn't true to begin with. I know he came in late in that game. That was a route, but I, I don't. I don't agree with the move. But nonetheless, if this is the future of the franchise, you know, perhaps they see it differently. But you know, as you mentioned, this defense has been playing well. They were actually without a couple of um, starters this week too. And against the Jets, it was easy to show well. But I, I think there's a defense that you could probably start in a lot of the matchups uh, as, as they finish up the season. All right, go ahead. Take that AFC North. Yeah, so um, AFC North, uh, you know, look, Pittsburgh, uh, we thought they'd make a good comeback this year at the start of the season, and here they are. They're 5-0. and They'll play against the Tennessee Titans in a matchup of two 5-0 and teams uh, this coming week. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Looks like they're going to get Deontay Johnson back. James Conner's playing very well. I think there's a confident offense, but they definitely took a big blow on defense this week with losing Devin Bush to an ACL tear. Uh, that's a big part of their defensive success last year. And removing that player out of this defense, which the defense was already kind of struggling a little bit, you know, I think. But I, this is a big deal, losing a player like that. So you're going to have to be careful on what matchups you start Pittsburgh in going forward. I mean, they, they ran rough shot over Cleveland Browns this week. Um, I'll roll right into them. Baker Mayfield played terrible. Uh, this was not a good game, uh, a game where you would have preferred to have a player like Nick Chubb in it. And, you know, this this team didn't just show up this week at all. And Baker Mayfield is... A super inconsistent player. This is a team that needs to win running the football. And they can't do it the same way without Nick Chubb. So it's going to be tough for Cleveland. I know we're all excited about Cleveland being 4-1. and one. I think all of that noise comes down to earth after this last game. You know, on, on to the Bengals. And, and Cincinnati, 
Look, that young receiving core is coming on. T. Higgins uh, over 100 yards for the first time. We have to watch what happens with Joe Mixon and, and his foot injury. Hopefully, he did come back into the game, but hopefully he doesn't miss much time because they do not have a lot of depth at this position. Uh, we do not want to see him out for an elongated period of time, but we haven't gotten any news on that. But you know, generally speaking, it looks like Joe Burrow and this offense in most matchups are going to you know, be around to make make an impact. And they're going to be in a lot of wacky games. They were able to put some points on the board against a good defense early. But in the end, they couldn't kind of shine through. And, and lastly, on, on Baltimore, so I'm still not very comfortable with kind of how these team this team is winning games. They, they don't exude the same amount of uh, the impression that I got from them last year was a lot different than I'm getting this year. Look, Philadelphia was completely decimated on both sides of the football, Baltimore allowed them to stay in the game. They would not have done such a thing last year. Yes, Lamar Jackson had some yards running. I, I don't like the way this offense is operating. You know, in one league, I did pick up Devin DuVernay. I do think they need to get some more players involved in this offense, and I think he's a guy that adds a speed element for sure. My personal view is, and, and we talked about this, we're going to start to see some migration on on offense from some of these veteran running backs to rookie running backs. And this is a situation that I think is one that's going to happen. Mark Ingram is banged up in this game, so you want to watch to see what happens there. But I think J.K. Dobbins, as the season wears on, will become more and more involved in the attack. And, and qu- quite frankly, Gus Edwards has played pretty well too. So we want to watch to see what happens. But I don't like the way the team is playing. Yes, they're winning some games, but it doesn't feel the same as it did last year. So uh, let me just touch base on a few quick points on a few of these teams. As far as this deal is concerned, you know, I've seen people talking about, you know, <clears throat> yeah, they was Devin Bush, but they have a rock solid defense, and the Steelers' defense is more about a team defense than individual players. And and I, I get that talk to a point, like T.J. Watt and Cameron Haywood and. Um, and Bud Dupree and 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 Mika Fitzpatrick are dynamite players, but I'm going to tell you where the Devin Bush injury is really, really going to matter in the two games they play the Ravens. No team runs their offense more sideline than to sideline than the Ravens. You really have to cover them sideline to sideline. Lamar Jackson is one of these guys where he can just go sideline to sideline and blink of an eye. And the number one guy the Steelers had on their defense to defend and stop that is Devin Bush. And he is not going to be there. So I agree. The Steelers have a good defense. They still have four or five good players left on that defense. But when they play the Ravens, the loss of Devin Bush is really going to matter with the speed and the sideline to sideline offense that the Ravens run. So I think that's where that's going to come into play. Um, I'm not going to really, you know, add much to the, you know, Cincinnati, you know, you kind of said it all T Higgins and, and some of their young players are, are looking, are looking good. The thing I'm concerned more about the Ravens is that defense. This is now a couple of games where their offense has had big leads and like they've let teams move the ball up and down the field. The Eagles did it with backups. The Redskins did it with Dwayne Haskins. I'm a little concerned that when, even though the Ravens have gotten some of these teams in predictable situations, they've been able to move up and down the field. <clears throat> and finally, on Cleveland, 
for the people who thought that Kareem Hunt is just going to take over the role of Nick Chubb and Darius Johnson is going to take over the role of Kareem Hunt and it's going to be a wonderful thing, that's not the case. They miss Nick Chubb. They miss Kareem Hunt in his versatile role, not being a workhorse guy. And Baker Mayfield, I don't like anything I've seen from him. Um, they need that ground-and-pound offense to work for him to be effective. When he's in predictable situations, he can't climb the pocket. His processing of plays are awful. Um, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to play out for the Browns this year, make the playoffs, not to make the playoffs. But I am just convinced long-term that, that Baker Mayfield is not the answer. So I don't see that one uh, you know, I, I don't see Baker Mayfield being the long-term solution for the Cleveland Browns, irrespective of how things turn out. One player that I do see being the answer is Ryan Tannehill. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of great young quarterbacks in the league, and then there's a lot of great veterans in the league, and somehow Ryan Tannehill gets lost in all of the talk and all of the shuffle, but he is playing dynamite football, his decision-making, his use of, of his legs when he has to, his processing of plays, his decision-making, you know, not to spike that ball, but throw that little fade to, to A.J. Brown to send that game into overtime. These are small things. I am absolutely loving everything I've seen from Ryan Tannehill. And um, I think, you know, that's a deadly trio that that Derrick Henry Tannehill AJ Brown being back and um and uh I I love that entire situation for the Titans as far as the Colts go I don't know what the heck took place in that game yesterday the the the, the Colts were death in taxes to beat Cincinnati at home they won the game Philip Rivers came out of nowhere to throw for 370 yards I think the concerning thing is if we are like us in one league we have T.Y. Hilton and he basically puts up a nothing burger um, uh, with Rivers throwing for 370 yards it's not uh, you know it, it, that, that's dubious um, moving to the Texans what can you say about them I mean they're just finding every which way to lose these games, um, I don't. I'm not even against the choice to go by Romeo Cronell to, to to go for two there to put the game out of reach. Um, so I'm I'm not going to kill him over that. But um, from a fantasy standpoint, it looks like their offense looks a lot better now. Uh, I think that you're optimistic if you are Fuller or Brandon Cooks at this point. Um, and then the Jags, um, I don't know. Uh, they have some good players from a fantasy perspective. Keelan Cole played well. DJ Shark played through an ankle injury, catching some passes. Greg Robinson seems to be a good fantasy player, but it, it just you know the, the the Jags find themselves in these type of games, and uh, <clears throat> if you can't win at home against the Lions, it's probably going to be a long season. So it looks like the Titans and Colts are just going to separate themselves um, from the, from the other two teams and kind of, kind of a lost season for the Texans and the Jacks at this point. Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, the, the Jaguars came out of the shoot and they had a really good first game and uh, they haven't shown us much since then, you know, so much so like, you know, everybody was saying, Oh, you know, they're going to be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes and, and such. But uh 
you know, it's a little disappointing to see what's happened here. You know, they, they've basically been in most of the games that they've played, but I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we could get, be getting much better production here, uh, and I'm a little disappointed thus far in what I see. I know this is a young defense, too, so they are going to be in more high-scoring games because their defense is really not going to hold a lot of teams back. I think you mentioned a good point about the Texans, and, and Fuller has been able to stay on the field, and he's been the, the most productive guy in this this team, without a doubt. I'm curious to see what happens in Indianapolis when they come back from their break. So Troy Bert, uh, Trey Burton was a guy that you know I, I made some noise about before the season. He got hurt, missed the first three games. There was a lot of discussion about Moali Cox and, and then Trey Burton comes back from the injury and he has a big game yesterday he's uh, on Sunday and he's used in a lot of different ways I feel very confident that that's kind of the way they want to go with it and I think another player that we want to watch here is is Marcus Johnson who's had two good games in a row you mentioned that the inconsistency from from T.Y. Hilton is you know very clear at this point in time so with the absence of both Paris Campbell and um, uh, uh, Pittman It'll be interesting to see if Johnson becomes a bigger part of this offense. You know, he's a guy that probably most people won't look at in terms of on a waiver wire this week with the team being off. But like I said, two really good games in a row. And the last thing I just say on Tennessee, yeah, I'm looking forward to Tennessee versus Pittsburgh. We'll see how ugly uh, the game will be played. By the way, did you get to see the play where um, Mike Vrabel got an intentional uh, 12 men on the field penalty and he faked being upset about it, but it was actually ingenious because they were able to save some time. Did you happen to catch that one? I, I, yeah, I, I did. I did. I did catch that. Yeah, I'm telling you something. He's from that Belichick tree. And like you were talking about, you know, a lot of these guys do not do well. He's very creative. And I don't know if you remember the playoff game against the Patriots, that the, you know, the Patriots were the, the master of taking the delay of game on punts and the clock keeps going. But Belichick didn't like it one bit when Vrabel did it to him in their playoff game last year. He's very creative. And, uh, and that team has got it going on. I mean, I love everything I've seen from the Titans. Yeah. And, and look, this, that, the confidence on the Titans really starts at, it very, very, very clearly from the day that Marcus Mariota was removed as quarterback, Tannehill steps in. They have a great second half of the season last year, a terrific run in the playoffs. As you mentioned, you know Mike Vrabel certainly seems to be a shining star from this Belichick tree, and they definitely, as you said, have it going. Very impressed with what they're doing. You have to have a lot of confidence. That's going to be a big game, and, and a game, by the way, which will basically say who has the number one seed in the AFC at this point in the season, the winner of that game will determine that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move on to the AFC West. And I actually don't, I have kind of more forward-looking things to say about the AFC West than I do kind of what happened this week because we've talked about the Chiefs and two teams in this division were off uh, this past week. But I, I want to watch two things. Uh, first off, I, I definitely want to see how that running back usage goes this week in, in for the Chargers. Uh, last Last time we saw the Chargers, Justin Jackson kind of played the Eckler role, uh, and uh, Kelly stayed in his role that he was in previously. So I, I'm looking looking to see how that kind of plays out. And while I love that Henry Ruggs scored on that long touchdown, I just feel it's a little bit strange, the usage of the player, because he really didn't get a lot of 
a lot of targets in the game. I know this, we could say the same about the entire passing game of the Raiders because they haven't gotten Renfro involved enough. Waller's been pretty consistent. I just kind of see want to see how they come out of the bye week with their pass receivers. It looks like Edwards on track to get out there and start playing too. So I'd like to see what happens with that team. Um, the Denver Broncos, the defense actually played very well against the Patriots. They got a great game out of Brandon McManus, kicked six field goals, but unable to punch the ball into the end zone. Philip Lindsay, we knew he was going to step in without Melvin Gordon. He did that. He went over 100 yards. I felt all year long, coming well, at least coming into the season, I, I felt Lindsey was the more dynamic player from a fantasy perspective. So we'll have to see kind of how these players he used because Lindsey did get hurt here. So that will have to be seen. And, and obviously, Melvin Gordon is potentially dealing with some legal issues as well. So we'll be watching for that one uh, as well, Wiz. Yeah, I mean, um, there's uh, – yeah, I mean, Kansas City – um, there's not much to be said. I, I think, you know, Ruggs got hurt in the first in the first week of the season. Um, so I, I think I am hoping they'll use him more and they'll use him properly. And it's not just going to be on, uh, on, on deep passes that they'll actually throw some bubble screens to the player and allow him to use the elite part of his game. Uh, you know, which is, which is his speed and catching those passes. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be frustrating as if you have the, the, the duo of Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, it just appears to me based on what I've seen last game that, um, Kelly is going to be used at the goal line, even if Jackson's in the game, they, they, they made that switch. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. That could be just full, full frustration. And, um, one player that I want to talk about, well, two, a couple of players I want to talk about on the on the Broncos is Tim Patrick. I think you know a lot of hype about Colin Sullivan coming the season. He got hurt, and Jerry Judy and and KJ Hamler were were the two rookies that were drafted and a lot. And Tim Patrick was kind of the afterthought, the fourth guy. But I think right now Tim Patrick is leading the pack as far as fantasy value the rest of the way. I really love what I've seen from that player and I think that's going to continue and then one other thing that's very interesting is uh, Drew Locke's a teammate a tight end Albert Aquanubum came back and he was utilized often and early especially in the red zone and that connection rapport and confidence level in the player um seems seems pretty high and I don't know like what the situation is with Noel Font, how much more time he's gonna miss with that uh injury, but um usage is something to take notice of. Yeah, you know, you know, he's a player that you know with a lot of physical talent. Uh, you know, Font, like you said, not on the field this week, but he definitely was looking towards his former college teammates way uh, quite often and early in that ball game. So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to watch and see how that kind of plays out. But, yeah, I'm excited for that Raider. Uh, I would love to. I wish it was with fans in the stands, but uh, we're going to get the Raiders playing at home against uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. So that should be an exciting matchup as the Raiders come off their bye week and off their big win against the Chiefs. All righty, so I guess we're on to the NFC next. Yep, and now uh, we, we get to start it off with the uh, old NFC East. Can't wait to talk about that. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, Wiz, good stuff. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe this way it comes into your inbox. 
no work, no fuss, no muss. Have a good, good afternoon. It was rough.